0: Welcome back, everyone. We're coming at you left to right on the radio dial. Actually, that makes no sense. That's when you're watching football. But welcome to KefaruCast. (laughs) We are going to do part one of a three-part series on archery. Uh, Basically, part one is going to be uh, broadheads. We posted about that on the KefaruCast Instagram page. Go into our thoughts on some of the different broadheads, what we're liking, uh, what we're disliking. Part two is going to be arrow builds. That's going to go into the uh, great debate of <sighs> FOC. Uh, don't get too don't get too up. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I like I like a lot of front of center. I just never check it. I always just load up the front. and I don't really worry about it. But arrow builds, meaning uh, you know, uh, light when it comes to grains per inch, heavy grains per inch, uh, heavy point weight, three fletch, four fletch, straight, offset, helical. All that kind of stuff. Bat wings, Batman, and then we're going to do part three, which is bow builds. Now, on the bow build part, we probably won't go uh, into too much. Well, we're gonna, you know, obviously pimp out Prime because we love you. Actually, this podcast is brought to you by Prime Archery. No, I'm just fucking you. It's not. <laughs> um, and then uh, we're, but we'll go into the different arrow rests. So we'll talk a little bit about what we like and a few different arrow rests. Uh, the different sites that we like But not as much about the companies A little bit about that But more Do you want a 3 pin A 5 or a 7 fixed Do you want a 3, 5 or 7 mover Do you want a single pin um, Advantages of both uh, Or at least our opinions on those uh, And then quivers a little bit Everybody's got a little Whatever flavor on that And then stabilizers on the bow build Do you want an offset bracket Do you just need a rod sticking out the front or do you suck enough it doesn't matter just shoot 20 yards and
1: leave one off you said rod just kidding we're also gonna have uh, hopefully soon nate nate are you listening uh we're gonna have some uh videos from rms gear and from no limits archery with some archery tips we did some filming the other day at rms and then a little bit at no limits and uh hopefully we'll have those up soon with some bow tuning tips and and uh All kinds of cool stuff. And then what we
0: did is um, we—that would be my phone. I apologize, everyone. I should turn that down. Very unprofessional. Uh, What we did at No Limits was kind of just screwed around, shot quite a bit, BSed with the guys, talked a little bit about some stuff, but nothing crazy. Um, Mostly because we want to go to into a very in-depth bow build on your hybrid, Um, top to bottom, basically. Right. And. You forgot some of the stuff. I forgot some of the stuff <laughs> yesterday. Some of the important stuff, like the rest. Actually, it was just the rest that I forgot. So, you did. and then you're putting my seven
1: pin hogget on there, right? I think I'm going to do two uh, fixed fixed pin sights on my hybrid and my synergy this yeah. year instead of going sliders. I just like I was talking about before. I kind of wanted to be able to get closer this year, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to just go full send, even though I I can with a slider, but. I'd rather work on uh, getting closer and enjoying that, getting getting to see the animal behavior and all that stuff. So, um, but I will say, for antelope, that might not be the case. <laughs>
0: Sometimes you do have to send it. Yeah, especially <laughs> I, for antelope. I was talking to – so I'm supposed to go on an antelope hunt with this year with, I think, Barklow and uh, Sloan with the Sitka guys with the mm-hmm. – by the way, we will have the big ginger on tomorrow unless he doesn't show up, and he is one funny motherfucker. Yeah, yes. My stomach, I guarantee you, and yours will too hurt after the hour and a half podcast with him. <laughs> you may like us and him less depending upon what he says, but that's okay too. Um <laughs> But I was telling, uh, we're already getting off track, but that's okay. I was telling him yesterday, I'm like, dude, are you going to be able to get me within distance of an antelope with that recurve? He's like, I don't know, man, maybe we can like wound one or something. And, I, <laughs> and then I was like, I said, well, man, I can shoot 40 to 50. He's like, oh, shit, you can shoot 40 to 50? And I was like, well, I mean, I can shoot farther than that, but I'm like on a bet, I would bet 40 to 50. And he's like, oh, we, we can get within 40 to 50. But uh, Or you can drop some bombs like you did on that elk yesterday at No Limits. I couldn't believe that shit. I hit that thing at
1: 108 or 104. I think it's a it – it might did, be
0: 108.
1: It's, I don't remember.
0: I didn't bring my rangefinder. It's out there, but I um, – man, I – Spinal. I'm shooting really well. Um, I got a clicker on. I got that. I, I ended up on this bow. I've got um gold tip pierce. Got rid of the uh, crappy up front component system. I've got the the Valkyrie center pin system with good weight forward. And uh, my group at 50 was as freaking good as with a compound. It was pretty good. Um, but uh, I took one shot, cold bore, took a guess on where to aim, which was a cloud significantly into the skyline and hit that elk at 108 which I was happy with. Not even the height, the left and right, wasn't bad either. I was like six inches right, so yeah. not bad. But I mean, if you bust on one of them tree sharks
1: on there and hit an antelope, <laughs> an antelope in the spine, I, I think you're good to go. i bounce off of that. Easy, it's actually easy tracking, easy tracking. Point weight on that one, yeah. I think uh, I think what's most impressive about your shooting is you look at it, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty good. And then, and then you pick up your own recurve, and you're like, holy
0: fuck, <laughs> I suck. That's, Yeah. So yeah, anyway. getting better for sure. And by the way, whoever suggested Longhorn to me, hail to the now. Uh that's, Longhorn
1: sucks. Yeah, that's some <laughs> nasty shit it's that not, Garth used to chew.
0: Nothing. It's not the same as Copenhagen. Yeah. It's just not. I've been um,
1: going strong off the chew for about a month now.
0: Yeah, Frank hopped off the wagon. Yeah. I'll get you back on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we we wanted to cover um a few different fixed blade heads first. Um uh, just ones we've been, well, more I guess I've been testing. You've shot some of them, um, mostly through the um, recurve as of late, but the iron will and the cutthroat um, I shot several animals with with a compound as well. Uh, kind of cover the highs and lows of those different heads, uh, you know, pros and cons. So um, the, I'll just go over first. Uh, the one we have probably the least experience with is the werewolf uh, head. And uh, there's multiple different options <clears throat> on these different heads. I guess there's there's like a Werewolf Eclipse. There's, anyway, Eclipse broad head. And um, the, there's a stainless steel feral version, I believe. I have the aluminum 200 grain. It's a great head. The only negative side is the um, uh, aluminum ferrule. I will say when I spun them, um, one of them was pretty wobbly, but overall they were pretty good. It's not a bad head, um, at all. The only thing would be that aluminum ferrule, uh, long-term, you know, it's going to be a problem. You're going to bend that ferrule pretty, pretty quickly. Um, kind of go into, you know, quickly as we're talking about these Those are heads. pretty affordable. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. Um, that, and that was what I was going to go kind of group the Northern Broadhead and the Werewolf, um, sort of in the affordable column. Um, the Northern Broadhead is a stainless coated, um, uh, the one that I'm using is a 200 grain inch and three quarter, no inch and five eighths cut, I believe. It's not a bad head. They spin relatively true. Um, you can, um, you know, you can get them straight pretty quickly with a little bit of flexing, um, the werewolf head. If you you can check out their website, they offer a multitude of different options. It's it's pretty amazing actually, and that's not a bad, you know, head. I don't know where are those. say if they're made in America, Frank's gonna look at that. The only downside that, uh, you know, on the northern head is is it does suck. They are they do come from China, um, where the cutthroats, the Valkyrie, and the Iron wheels, I know come from the U.S. and that's important to us. Um, you know just because obviously it's kafaru, so something to think about uh the cutthroat head i've got a lot of experience with i'm a huge fan of it myself i've shot animals with a compound probably the most devastating pasture i've ever had was with a cutthroat um went through the scapula on the onside on my mule deer i shot it bedded through the body broke its offside leg in half and we couldn't find the arrow um you don't see that happen very often um now my setup was very conducive to that. I was, I think I was shooting five hundred and eighty-six, five hundred and eighty-eight grains, something like that. Um, with uh, shooting about two eighty-six, two eighty-eight, and uh, that cutthroat is a bone breaker. So I was able to get through all of that and snap the bone in half. That cutthroat is a one-piece uh, CNC one. It's a CNC machine one piece. So there's no parts to it. Um, it's a single bevel. So it is definitely designed for splitting bone and penetration. Uh, The downside to it is going to be blood trails. And if, you know, you ask anybody, that's generally the only negative thing you'll ever hear about it. Um, You know, and there's no, in my opinion, there's no perfect broadhead for everything. If you look at like a tree shark, which is one I didn't mention in the beginning, I've shot a lot of stuff with that tree shark. They are, they bend easy. They're not overly durable. They got a big, you know... You can put a big hole in something. I, I like them. Um, you're probably not, unless you just don't hit rib or anything major, you're not going to get too many shots through any animals with them, be able to reuse them. Sometimes you can. Um, the, But it, they're so big, the tree shark, you're not going to really want to shoot too much big game with them. That's a huge bitch. Just because you're not going to get the penetration. So um, it's not like if it was that simple, everybody just shoot a giant cutting down with a broadhead. You can't. So that cutthroat for big game is damn good. Um, tolerancers are very good. It's Made like in America. A, it's built like a tank. Oh, it's built like a tank. And it's from the guys at RMS Gear. Super cool people. So that's one I suggest to a ton of people, especially guys with a compound um, – That have you know that want to shoot a fixed blade because it is a low lower profile head, so it doesn't have you're not going to get as much wind planing. So big fan of those. The next one I'll let you take away. That's the Iron Will, um, who out of Colorado, just like the Cutthroat Bill is uh, from up north of us. Super cool guy and probably the most state of the heart. What I would call inside the box head. It's got the high like the most state of the I'm not sure what Bill
1: does, but I think he's some sort of engineer or scientist. Well, just from talking to him, he's got to be an engineer. (laughs) I mean, I would bet a lot of money on that. Super intelligent guy. Done a ton of testing on them. To be honest, I mean, I wasn't all that sold on them at first on the vended style. I mean, they're great broadheads, but um, we've talked about it before. They had a little bit of a... Did whistle at high speed. A bit of a whistle at uh, coming out of the compound. So um, he did come out with a solid head recently and... He sent us some to test out since we were going to Alabama on a, on a whitetail fest of doe slage. And, and you and a shot a couple does with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I liked them. They're very quiet. Super accurate.
0: I can um, tell you what. With that, they bled a hell of a lot more than that piece yeah. of shit Schwacker stainless steel <laughs> fucking thing. Anyway, yeah. Well,
1: apparently, <laughs> clearly you're not working on that Schwacker sponsorship.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kidding. Yeah, they uh, they worked out great. Frank shot a doe with about a quart of blood in it anyway because it wasn't that big, and it ran 200 yards through that both schwac- lungs yeah, with that was, the
1: Schwacker. There was a lot of ground shriekage on that one. I 12-ringed that little—we'll say it was a Don— yeah, it didn't quite have spots, but it was a little. It was a little feller. Yeah, she ran off, and uh, God, I don't know. If, uh, there wasn't. There was hardly any blood.
0: But anyway, that wasn't the only one like that. As we're going on a bash fest, but we're honest on this podcast, yeah. even though everybody hates that this. big
1: bastard of a doe. I guess that wouldn't make sense, bastard doe. Anyway, that one you carried out on your shoulders, that was a huge one, and uh, man, I, that was a good shot on her too. And she ran flipping forever through a swamp. Good lord,
0: and these aren't like the internet. Um, I know I hit it good, but never found it. We fucking found these things, and they ran forever with yeah. holes in both lungs. Good thing we're good at blood trailing. Well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> or just maybe just stupid and dedicated
1: and not gonna give up. I guess. Yeah. But um, I've had nothing but good experiences with the, with the iron rolls. One thing I'll say is that they're super expensive. And had Bill not sent these to us to test, I probably wouldn't have ever tested them because they are that they're pricey. Yeah. So I think um, we were talking about the other day quantifying what makes it worth it to you. Um, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't use these for antelope. In case you do send it, you, I mean, they're expensive. You lose those things. That's thirty bucks just on the broadhead, not counting your arrow
0: and other components. And Frank, I a, brought a very good point up when we were going back and forth, and it was about the Valkyrie and the Iron Wheels. Is are you going to buy these as a normal blue collar guy and run them full time? Probably not, but having three to six in your arsenal for the season um, is a damn good idea. Um, and you don't have to run them for everything, I'm meaning you can do three and three in the quiver. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't I don't plan on running them exclusively. I'm, I'm definitely going to have some
1: in the quiver uh, and then maybe a couple expandables in there for the longer shots if I have to take them. But um, like we were talking about, you know, you, you have these – pinnacle style hunts or whatever, you know, you're going to Colorado from out of state or, or, you know, whatever you have some, some big hunt and you want a, something that you have confidence in, that's where I'm going to bring the iron wheel. Now I also say, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm like a freaking awesome shot. And can I see a major, huge difference in accuracy on these? I'm not sure, but if I have the confidence in my equipment and I know that's something that's not going to fail then that's makes makes warm it, and fuzzy. that's what makes it, that's what makes it worth it to me, I guess. So, yeah. um,
0: well, and I can say shooting the iron wheels um, and the cutthroats both, it was one of the only times, uh, Wackums was the other one. Uh, get them able to hit with no wind at 80 yards with my field tips, and that's nothing wrong with the broadhead. That's just straight-up wind drag. I mean, that's just aerodynamics. But to have the tolerances, and when we go into the aero build portion of it, You'll understand to have your arrow built that perfect, and your broadhead spin that well, and your bow tuned that perfect to actually get those to hit at that distance is pretty freaking hard to do. So the one thing I will say, like with the iron will, that's nice, is that ferrule is beefy as hell, um, and you can interchange the blades. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a bonus. That's a big bonus. Um So you can take the bleeders out too if you wanted. Yeah, ninety for three. Yeah, just yeah. about. Yeah. So you figure. I would say on average, if a guy's coming out for season, a dozen for a seven to 10 day hunt, he's probably going to buy, in my opinion, nine broadheads to 12 for practice as well as hunting. Mm -hmm. So if you bought, uh, let's say, four to six iron wills and you use just one for practice to confirm and spin the rest, or maybe take one shot with the rest and dust them up that's feasible it's hundred and eighty bucks, and I can see guys doing that. I don't see guys going well, this goes with the Valkyrie system as well um going on a coyote hunt, a turkey hunt <laughs> yeah. antelope hunt that's a little bit different now I did hunt antelope with mine um but bill i bought some of mine but bill gave me some too uh so it's something to think about but i uh, frank and i talked about it for like 30 minutes the other day is when would you buy them when does it make it worth it you know do you go buy at walmart a muzzy what are they? 90 grain four blade muzzies with an aluminum ferrule you won't ever use those again i can tell you that because i shoot them forever but would you rather have a 90 grain muzzy on the end of your broadhead when you're backpacked in seven miles for mule deer Or would you rather have um, something like an iron will? Well, I would rather have an iron will. Um, So something to think about. Yeah. I think it just – it all depends on the person and how you you quantify it, I guess. Yeah. So now going to the Valkyrie, and the Valkyrie for me has been a huge, huge thing uh, in a good way because I went through – and we'll go more into the arrow building crisis I had. But – I probably drove Frank and Amy crazy because I was trying to find um, components for a skinny shaft that didn't break in a broadhead system to go along with it. And I kind of poo-pooed the Valkyrie system at first because I just didn't think it would be worth it. And then as I went through the down the rabbit hole of shitty components on my arrows... I started doing some real in-depth testing on that Valkyrie system, especially in durability. Not the way forward portion because I already knew that worked, but the center pin, uh, the the, uh, collar center pin portion. And I immediately – and I I think anybody shooting skinnies is stupid to not shoot the Valkyrie system if you're shooting skinnies. Um, For the recurve or is it for either? For both. I just don't think – it just doesn't make sense to – To me, for the overall durability, especially for recurve, for the overall durability, the weight forward portion is a given. I've always been a huge fan of, of, uh, you know, quite a bit weight forward or high FOC. But what it is, is if you do the math, if you went and um, we'll say the recurve and went stump shooting and I had standard components on the front of a skinny stump shooting, and I had six arrows. I'm probably going to come out of the woods with five or six broken arrows. With the components definitely jacked. And this is for—I tried multiple different systems from aftermarket components companies to the standard VAP and gold tip stuff, um, and it's just not as durable. And then when I went to you know flinging arrows at rocks and into the dirt and into the ground with the Valkyrie system. Um, The only time I broke an arrow, I fired it straight into a giant rock um, in front of the house uh, at 18 yards and the arrow broke, but I took the components apart and could reuse them. No problem at all. So you figure if you do the math, um, six broken arrows compared to no broken arrows and you can't reuse those arrows, you're ahead spending money on the Valkyrie system with skinnies. now. You look at it, I think it's 24 bucks for six callers or 24 bucks for six uh, practice points with a center pin and then 20 bucks for six callers. So what's that 44 bucks for six arrows? So 88 bucks for a dozen and then you go to the broadheads, but to, to have a dozen practice arrows, 88 bucks is, is expensive, but when they're going to last that long and with that extreme precision, is a huge thing for me on those skinny shafts so the broadhead which is where we're getting to which is called the jaeger really falls into the line of that um um uh, doctor is it asbel or ashby ashby I ashby 30. yeah i just had a bunch of i tell you what um the uh i'm gonna pull this up here because I, I, I'm going to go ahead and count when I posted. Uh, you would have thought I said I slept with someone's kid or something when I said <laughs> I hadn't the read fuck? the freaking Ashby book. My Lord. You guys are dedicated. 17, 17 messages about, um, man, one's, one's even actually from a, an Arrow Broadhead company. Um, and, and so anyway, the theory behind um, this is, and it's very, very sound. I mean, it's it's not anything you can argue with. Um, what Ashby basically says is things like aeroflight, flight, extremely important. Totally agree with that. Strong components, very, uh, very important. Um, he tapered shaft was another one that, that talks about um, the length of the broadhead, uh, of the weight forward. Um, you know, when you get above six hundred and some grains. All of that stuff is true. Um, It wasn't anything I needed to read a book about because I'd already, you know, screwed around with it. Now, somebody said on a post the cutthroat was too short. I don't know, man. I've killed a lot of stuff with cutthroat. But I think the point was is you could get more penetration with a longer broadhead. Now, Less less resistance. Less resistance. So that um, Jaeger or the Blood Eagle, which is the screw-in version for a standard shaft. We'll go into that more in part two. That Jaeger is very long broadhead. Now, do I think that thing will penetrate as good as anything I do? Do I think that it's a wicked because it's three blades going to bleed? That's yes. But with that long of a point, it's going to have deflection when it hits something hard. There's no way around it. Um, they're 109 for three. So if you craft your pants over the uh, Iron Wheels, you Crap me more over the Jaegers, right? <laughs> now, the bonus of the Jaeger is that center pin system for durability. Now, I have fired the uh, practice point I have into the dirt several times from the Jaeger, and I haven't had any issue. Now, uh, I haven't fired it into a brick because I already know the outcome. It's going to bend the tip some. It's going to deflect it one way or another. But the that Jaeger head, um, I have no issue with hunting any animal in North America with that. Is a badass head. The weight forward portion is great, and that center pin portion is great, but we'll go into that in part two, but it's going to be the money. So if I was a consumer, it's no different than the Iron Will. What I would probably do, because I really like that center pin system, is I would build all my practice arrows with a center pin system on a skinny, uh, meaning let's say a dozen for the year. And I would build three to six with that Jaeger center pin head, and I would probably build with standard components – Um, screw in like a a cutthroat or a a northern or whatever to match the Jaeger system if I needed arrows for turkey or or something else. Not to say the Jaeger or the Iron Will or whatever is not going to kill a turkey, but meaning for affordability. Having three to six of that Jaeger, especially for big game, is the way I would roll and I would have all my practice points um, as well as my thumper heads with that Valkyrie system. So I'm trying not to be too much of a leg humper fan of that Valkyrie system for skinnies, but I'll just say it. I am. I think everyone should take a look at it. Now, let's talk about- Are you going to go door to door? With a tie, (laughs) I'm going to have to take some classes. (laughs) I don't know. Have I ever told you the Mormon story? (laughs) Should I say that on air? Yep. All right. So total squirrel here, but I'm single, been divorced a while. I'm in the rut, basically, right? So my buddy, uh, Jason Heft, lives in Oregon. He's not in the rut. Well, he's probably in the rut, but he's married and he's got kids. So anyway, he was coming over to get me, and I think we were going out. But anyway, he, he was at the house. We're hanging um, hanging out. He's like, hey, I'm going to go home. I'm going to change. Um, and so I'm like, I'm going to get ready. So he takes off. So at that time, I was really into the, the powerlifting, bodybuilding thing, whatever. So I go in the shower. I, I shave my head and every other part of my body that time. So I'm in the shower, covered in shaving cream, right, <laughs> head to toe, everything, right? I look like a five year old. Oh God! So I hear a knock on the door. Totally naked, shaving cream on my head, my chest, <laughs> my hang down. I come out covered in shaving cream, naked to be funny. It's Mormons at <laughs> the door. So. I just kind of covered up my hang down and walked back in the shower, finished my business. Let me tell you what, they are dedicated because they were still there when I came back out (laughs) clean-shaven. That was the first time I had that happen with the the Mormons. So I got to hand it to you guys. They wanted to tell me about the Lord and Savior, um, which maybe they just, after I walked out totally naked, covered in shaving cream, they knew— they needed to stay to <laughs> yeah, help me. This motherfucker needs Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so anyway, definitely on those specific broadheads, I would say the big uh, – with the, um, the Jaeger and the Iron Will is affordability, when to buy it. And I think Frank nailed it. At the very least, having three to six in your quiver is um, – you know whether when I say three to six in your quiver, three in your quiver, and three in your pack as a backup. Um, if you're shooting a standard shaft with screw ends, is not a horrible idea. With the Jaeger uh, system and the Valkyrie with skinnies, it, I think it's the only way to go. Um, you know, extremely tight tolerances, um, and then. As far as the standard screw-ins, that cutthroat is, uh, well, I've had great luck with it. It's very hard to beat and it's affordable. Um, the only negative side of that is you're not going to get as much blood trails, but you'll probably get more. Well, not probably, you're going to get more penetration compared to others. Affordable systems, definitely that werewolf um, and the northern broadheads, uh, you know, something to, to think about as far as that goes. Um, Frank's gonna take it away here for a second um, because I want to see what the hell's going on outside. No, it was just
1: Maria. She was, oh. she was looking for one of us.
0: So um so yeah I mean I probably covers the most of it for fixed blades would you say?
1: Yeah, well for for those fixed blades there's yeah. broadheads or something that just like boots or something like that on on uh, on Facebook or you know whatever forums there's gonna be people that like certain things and we're definitely not saying that these are. The best, are, this is just kind of what we're testing right now. There's a ton of great options out there. Um, you know, like Aaron's, Aaron brought up the Wacoms. I shot some of those last year. The, those worked out great. Uh, we've talked about them in the past, the G5 Strikers. I really, really like those um, for an interchangeable blade uh, system. But, uh, yeah, I mean, broadheads are just like anything else. There's going to be people that are fans of certain ones and not fans of could be even, even – People not fans of the ones that we're talking about, so we're not definitely not saying these are the best or whatever. Just kind of stuff we're screwing around with right now.
0: I'm definitely saying that uh, you will not find a more precise than the Iron Woman and Yeager. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. no. I who geeks out more, um, Bill or Brent? They should have a a A geek out of a battle of wits. (laughs) Both of those motherfuckers are smart, smart, (laughs) smart. Um, They should join forces. But again, it's totally. I'm giving durability to the system, to Jaeger, as far as the center pin. Cause it, and that's not anyone's fault. It's just going to be more durable. The broadhead, because the Jaeger is longer, I think that the iron wheel will be able to How hand... How easy are
1: those to sharpen?
0: Man, I did it, and I'm dumb. Yeah. I mean, I hate sharpening. When I say dumb, I'm not good at sharpening. The, the Jaeger wins on sharpening. It's yeah. easier. Dude, I just put it on that wheel. Now... Like a dipshit, I didn't follow the directions the first time. <laughs> Wasn't easy the first time, but, yeah, it was super simple. Um, but the blades can be interchangeable on the iron will. Yeah. Now, by no means, uh, if coming from my poor broke ass, am I saying go out and spend your life savings on heads, but I think, again, Frank nailed it. Whether it's the Jaeger or the iron will, if you're looking for, you know, the, the best that money can buy, definitely. I mean, you know, have those... Um, the, the biggest thing with me on that Valkyrie system is the durability on a skinny. I don't think there's another option. But definitely don't count out like a, something like the cutthroat. Kudu points kept getting brought up, but they sent me the wrong freaking weight, the grain, so all I could do is spin them and, ch- you know, <laughs> that was it. Because I couldn't do an accuracy test. But they only go to 150, I think, which mm. takes it out of the equation, even for a compound that I was shooting that. So, um with a fixed blade. So now... Moving on from that, the mechanicals. We're in a bit of a conundrum because our go-to's were son of a Yeah, were the steel turned very brittle, we'll just say yeah, that. Yeah. The we ha we, we were shooting the uh kill zones. And those went to shit like breaking one shot into a Reinhardt 18-1. In fact, my one Reinhardt 18-1 looks like a fucking claymore went off inside of it. There's shit everywhere from those blades. And then the I would say the sharpness also went down on those. But definitely on the gravediggers, they were more brittle. Uh, And both of them have aluminum ferrules. um, But then the the blades were not sharp. Now, without – you know, you get in – Without causing a broadhead crisis, what's better, mechanical or fixed? Well, I can tell you right now, if you can shoot a fixed, a fixed is better, right? The problem is is when you can't just stand on a high horse and say you need to shoot fixed because in some ways, and I've shot more things with mechanicals than fixed, and some setups, I mean, mechanicals can always fail, but if you have not tuned your bow, The fixed has failed before you've left the house because it ain't going to hit shit where a mechanical will be more accurate. Then you can say, Well, people need to learn to tune. Well, fuck, I agree with you, but that doesn't mean they're going to. There's a lot of things people need to do. And so sometimes if a guy can't get his bow to tune, that's the only option he's got. Um, Would you agree with me? Yeah. yeah. Um, Now, I can get any, just about anything to tune easily out to 60. After that it gets a little hairy on the fixed blade side, but you then you run into torquing their bow, you know, basically different pressure posi- different pressure from your uh, your bow hand because of different awkward positions you're in that will cause I guess simplify things different oscillation of the arrow which causes different point of impact on a mechan- or fixed compared to a mechanical. Um, I really don't want to go down that rabbit hole too much <laughs> with the freaking mechanical fixed blade uh, head. Good Lord, yeah. That's if, you're, a... if your shit's tuned, shoot a fixed. If you want a larger cutting diameter hole, less wind drag, the mechanical's the way to go. A mechanical can fail, no doubt. Frank's had them fail, so have I. Um, but I'm getting more to where, and I've always pushed super heavy arrows, a quiet bow, and between 265 and 280 feet per second. After hunting with a recurve, I'm pushing that even more because I blew through almost every animal I shot at with a trad bow, shooting a whopping 180 feet per second. There's a lot of animals I haven't passed through with mechanicals because it's just a momentum sucker. It's something to think about. What's your, you said you were shooting a whopping 265? 265. Out of the uh, Synergy right now, that's a 70 pounder. Lay it out. Give uh, us the specs.
1: Synergy, 70-pounder, 28-inch draw, um, Easton Axis, 125-grain tip, just their 16-grain aluminum insert, four-fletch with wraps. I think I'm at 490. Did you say you're a wrapper? <laughs> I'm, I'm a brown wrapper. 492, I think is what it was. I haven't weighed them. I just kind of wrote it out all out on paper and added them up. So. But I think that's what it comes out to, somewhere around 492, around that 500-grain grain mark. So yeah, I'm not getting a whole lot of feet per second. And last year, if you would have told me that, I probably would have freaked out a little bit. But I kind of, I mean, I kind of forgot about worrying about speed, I guess. And uh, it's
0: not as much of a big deal for me as as much as just
1: having a good heavy arrow. And
0: well, I'm telling you what, I'm not releasing the beast very often without <laughs> ranging it. And yeah. I can range yardage like a motherfucker. I'm a, I'm good as I'm a good at yardage estimation. I still range stuff. Now that's not to say. In the course of one year, five years, or seven years, there's going to be a time where you're like, I would have killed that if I would have ranged it. But there's probably also going to be, in the course of one, five, or seven years, one or more, where your bow's too loud, and you're going to be like, man, if my bow is quieter, would that animal not ducked? So there's no perfect scenario. I have just had a hell of a lot better luck coming from shoot a wrist slapping, you know, five grains per pound, you know, at one time, I was shooting a 370-grain arrow, right, <laughs> and uh, takes like super lightweight, um, like, I'll basically dry firing the bow, Were you right? breaking limbs and shit? Oh, yeah. I I used to shim out the limb pucks to change the deflection of the <laughs> riser to get more. You take the limb off. I shouldn't even tell people how to do this. Take the limb off of your bow, and in the limb pocket, I take plastic spacers from a tackle box, <laughs> change it. So I your get an buddy extra was talking about that. The... Tony Clem. Yeah. He's the one taught me how to do it. <laughs> um, get an extra five, six, seven pounds out of the bow. Oh, I remember I set up a – I had a Matthews MQQ2XL, uh, 70-pound bow, shooting it at like 83 pounds. Jesus. <laughs> Just shooting like uh, 400. I mean, again, when we talk about this, uh, for me – this is through since the 90s of me doing dumb shit, right? Like, and and to me, and not everyone's like this. Some guys stay with light. I mean, Mark Smith and Henry both shoot light arrows and uh, and preach it with mechanicals. Drives me crazy. But they can shoot and they kill stuff, so who am I to say it's wrong? But for me, in the hunting I've done, I just, I mean, I just, uh, I like a really quiet bow and I like a heavy arrow. I'm also a shooting coming and going, Um I'll take a frontal shot without blinking an eye and I think that after this one specific incident of taking a shot, hitting the shoulder or not uh, not necessarily I didn't hit bone, just the meaty part of the shoulder, I have no doubt in my mind I was shooting 304 arrow stop on a dime, right? Didn't go Jesus. anywhere. If I was shooting I was shooting 304 with like a 367 grain arrow if I was shooting 254 with a 600-grain arrow, that thing would have been better than fried chicken. I, and I That's not an argument. Like, I know that because I went the other way. So, for me, quieter bow, heavier arrow is just the way to go. And then your grouping when you get with a higher FOC is mm-hmm. better. Now, Isaac goes a little shit on the whole fucking <laughs> it up thing. Um, but we're going to stop here on that note. Take a break because one of us has to pee. And go to part two, which is arrow builds. And talk about fucking it up. Fucking A.